countdown and then uh, and then we'll just go at it. Let me just come over here really quick and make sure that uh, it's being picked up and I'll mute this YouTube so that I can uh, keep an eye on it. All right, all right. <clears throat> Come on, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, I see you. So I'm going to mute myself here so we don't have a reverb. What's up, guys? Welcome, everyone. It's up to par right here. Let me jump into the studio. Let's be kind. That's the theme of 2021. Give you guys a countdown. This could be like that meditative state of point where we can get into really quickly. Throw some good energy out there. Let's get focused on what we're going to be doing here. All right, right on. We did it. We're here. What's up, guys? Omar here with the uh, Team Watchers Talk. Thanks for uh, joining us here on uh, Thursday evening, Friday afternoon in Australia. It's Friday afternoon there, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, Friday afternoon. So uh, coming at you guys from uh, British Columbia, Canada. Beautiful country over here. So tonight is going to be uh, a little bit of a different show, guys. You know how we're always talking about uh, archaeology and uh, ETs and consciousness and things like that. We're kind of going to stay in the same theme, but uh, we're going to approach it um, a little bit differently tonight. And um, the aim of this show, the intent of this show, is um, to help people out there who may be going through some difficult experiences that it, they don't understand. So this is kind of like a, uh, you know, an advice show for you guys. And, uh, you know, pay real good attention, get your pens and papers out. And uh, by the way, share this stream, you know, reach down there. There's a like button, give it a like, subscribe if you haven't, hit that bell really helps a lot. You guys know that uh, I'm uh, seriously shadow banned on uh, you know, pretty much all the social media because of the content that I share. They don't like it. And uh, you know, so that's why it's very important for you guys to uh, like, comment, share, because uh, it really messes with the algorithm of uh, YouTube and it forces them to uh, share this video out to uh, thousands of other people. And uh, that's the goal. <laughs> So tonight, uh, I got myself my uh, good old buddy, Evan Strong, and uh, you guys know him. We've uh, had him on uh, Watchers Talk many, 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 many times. And in fact, he has a playlist on uh, Watchers Talk. Just go into our playlist. There will be you know, just tons of information from Evan. So you guys know he's extremely intelligent. But we are going to uh, you know approach Evan this evening from a uh, different light. And uh, along with Evan, we have uh, his uh, partner, his girlfriend, Salrita Antaria. Did I say that right, Salrita? Pretty good. Yeah, Salrita. Okay. 
Okay, right on. And uh, Thal Rita is a uh, psychic and uh, has had uh, ET uh, contact. Uh, she's clairvoyant and uh, she's into a bunch of uh, other stuff as well. And uh, we're, we're going to go through that. I'll show you guys her website and then I'll put all the links down in the comments so that you guys can uh, go over there and uh, check it out. So, guys, thank you very much for uh, joining me here on Watchers Talk. Evan, it's always a pleasure. And uh, Sal Rita, this is the second time, uh, you know, we've got to talk. So uh, thank you very much for coming back. Thanks, Omar, for having us. Yeah, we're happy to be here. Right on. It's always a good sign when guests come back, right? <laughs> yeah, for everyone involved. <laughs> So you guys know, uh, here, let me uh, focus in on you guys. You guys uh, you know, have a pretty good understanding of uh, who Evan is, and, uh, but you guys really don't know who Evan is because uh, Evan is a, a graduate of uh, psychology, and uh, this man is extremely intelligent, and uh, you know, he can dig into our brains and uh, really tell us how we're feeling and uh, what's going on. So, and Saul Rita, you are a, a clairvoyant and uh, a psychic, and uh, you know, you read cards, palms, and uh, all that jazzy stuff. Uh, we don't really need to get into that. I'm sure our viewers already know that. But for the majority of our viewers who are watching you here on Watchers Talk, can you please, uh, you know, give us a little, uh, you know, biops about yourself, who you are, and uh, how you uh, came to be where uh, you are today? Yeah. So, uh, been a, a long time experience over spirit and with ETs and, you know, different interdimensional beings and. Um, having had, you know, my own abduction experiences since I was a young child um, and it turns out we're having like a bit of a parallel childhood mm. thing mm -hmm. that we're only just discovering, even though we've been, you know, best friends for a long time yeah. um, and just recently partners, but we're just discovering that we've had some parallel mm. ET experiences too, um, which we might get into a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, so my um, background, uh, I guess, always working more in the magical uh, psychic side of things from a young age but went and studied natural medicine so I did an advanced diploma of health sciences and worked as a kinesiologist for um, quite a long time which is a combination of chiropractics and Chinese medicine is the philosophy of which it's born out of uh, so yeah uh, done done a lot of that so that will sometimes integrate and come into my readings but I work predominantly with uh, helping people on their soul missions but specialize in ET contact and communication so you know I have filmed a couple of UFO videos there's a couple of my YouTube channel and you know photos on Instagram things like that um, from way back haven't been doing it the last couple of years uh, I have more being focused on my work with um, the psychic side of things and on the ET communication side one-on-one -on -one with clients uh, so that's kind of like a, a little bit of a rundown. I have a live psychic show that is Thursday nights on Facebook. Uh, so that would be probably Wednesday morning, I think, in Canada. I could be very, very early in the morning, I think, um, or possibly very early Thursday morning. But, yeah, I do a bit of that and speak on live circuits and, yeah. <laughs> right on. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, Evan. Um, you know, I know I know you, but uh, again, I really don't know you, right? Because we've never talked about your uh, psychology aspect of uh, your experience and education. So, can you uh, give us a little rundown on that, and then uh, and then we'll just uh, dig right in. Yeah, well, um, my university background, I did a Bachelor of Social Science and then majored in a few different things, archaeology and anthropology being one, but I also majored in um, counselling, mediation, and psychology. Um, and at that point in time, that's kind of what I wanted to do. Um, as it turned out, 
But uh, I went in a different direction, but with my other major, and then did a great dip of psychology as well. So I always wanted to know ways that I could help people, basically. And it's funny how that all those worlds have kind of merged together. Because back in high school, everyone would come to me with their "I've been abducted by aliens" or "I've seen a ghost." So I was the high school molder that they'd all come to. Um, <laughs> My nickname was Scully as well, so we've got Mulder and Scully. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so, <clears throat> but funny enough, how it all goes in a full circle because the latest book I'm writing about, all the psychologies come back. So um, <clears throat> I'm looking at history from a, a different perspective, from a psychology, Gnostic, Jungian uh, archetypes all that kind of stuff, you know, I've tried to merge that all into one semi-coherent um, theory, I guess. So, yeah, it's a full circle. So um, I'm glad we get to talk a little bit about psychology today and I get to kind of, yeah, it gives you a different lens to look at the world, um, whether it's <clears throat> just seeing how people behave around you or uh resistance with people's confirmation biases so i'm finding more and more ways of using psychology to explain different things um, in the world and i think that in itself can be quite comforting for people because if someone's for example you know you tell someone your experience of being abducted or something and then someone's very hostile to it it's not about you, it's about them. They're, they've got their own confirmation biases and what the information you're expressing is just doesn't fit in with their worldview, so um, they shut down. So it's just finding ways to work around that. And there are plenty of people out there that will listen as well, mind you, and it's just finding the right people to talk it out with. Um, I guess I was lucky at high school. Um, that everyone just went, yeah, that guy. <laughs> okay. It's something in you. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's pretty cool, Evan. <clears throat> now, most people, uh, their idea of uh, psychology is uh, they go and sit on a couch in an office and, uh, and they talk about their problems and uh, maybe uh, they might get a prescription to uh, ease their pain. And uh, mm -hmm. that's pretty much you know, the worldview of what most people have of a psychologist. Now, can you uh, tell us what psychology actually is? Well, um, at least in my perspective, it's, um, yeah, just it's a way of um, looking at the world and particularly how people behave in it. Um, and it does kind of, it's funny how, because even when I was doing my undergrad, I was dragging in other fields. So for me anyway, it's I make it more global and more encompassing than maybe what traditional psychology and the definition might be because um, that's my thing when I love merging sociology and, um, I mean, parapsychology was definitely one of my uh, interests and whatnot and then, you know, if someone's traumatized by a uh, maybe a paranormal experience or something, some of those same skills to deal with trauma can be used in that situation mm -hmm. as well. So it's 
it's a lot more universal than people realize um but as i, I just see a, a similarity between that and archaeology uh they're both in a way I'll, I'll be a bit brutal a bit conservative and a bit insecure as scientific disciplines because if you dig a bit deeper in the earth or in someone's psyche you might find something else and there might be something else it's it'll never be a hard science like physics or geology or biology or chemistry but it wants to both of those disciplines mm -hmm. want, want to be that so for me it's, it's also looking at the shortcomings of those uh, disciplines and working around that as well and, and trying not to um, to break free of that paradigm as well as much as using it because otherwise you end up becoming closed off to so many other experiences and information and I guess it's called scientism um, it's it's just holding on to that a little bit too hard because um, yeah as I said dig a bit deeper whether it's head or in the ground um, and you might find something else it's the societal programming that mm. I find would be the the most challenging, as you were saying just a couple of minutes ago, that, you know, it, it comes to challenges to break through someone's, uh, you know, worldview, something that they've been taught and forced and they've seen on media, television, shows, music, kind of have you. So if they have an experience such as, say, an abduction uh, experience, this is something that they would just simply want to block out, right, and, and then not confront it. Now, is that the case of when we're talking about people that have been abducted and they come back and they don't remember anything? Are their memories being wiped? Or are they just choosing not to remember such a traumatic experience? And that takes me to you, Saul. Like you said, you said, you mind if I call you Saul? Oh yeah, that's a lot of people, a lot of friends yeah. call me Saul. Okay, like right that. on. <laughs> um, you said that your experiences began at a very young age. Right, so right. when uh, when your experiences began, clearly you remember what had happened. So I'm, I'm wondering, because you were so young that societal programming hadn't had the time to like really, you know, take it, you know, hold, get a hold of you. So you were able to deal with it. Now, you know, how is it at such a young age you dealt with something like this did you have uh you know you, did you tell your parents or your siblings yeah. that were there to you know hold your hand and say hey everything's going to be okay and uh, could you have used you know like somebody like evan who has had et experience and is you know psychologically trained to like kind of work with that yeah and and that's the interesting thing is even i guess going back to my earliest memories are around age four and i've also worked with some clients doing hypnotic regression um because i've studied a little bit of hypnotherapy with my own background in natural medicine so i know that there's doors to our subconscious mind and sometimes we'll float around the boundaries of those doors and we don't always have whether it's through putting up blocks or we're not ready to deal with perhaps what might have happened so if, in my case my earliest memories go back to age four in kindergarten. And I remember, you know, having the communication with uh, my guides and, you know, feeling and understanding and knowing that there's more to just this physical reality. And I always used to ask questions around the universe and around, you know, where do babies come from? But I, I feel like I meant more on a soul level. Um, 
so always this deeper understanding of who I was and having had other lifetimes too. So I feel lucky in that way that I didn't have so much of that um, that dream or that um, illusion that we're born into when we come into this physical earth, that there was sort of the feeling or memories of having lived, you know, in other times um, and being connected to more of that spirit world. So for me, it was this clear, cognizant voice uh, from beings that I worked with telling me not to talk about this sort of stuff that I would get locked up. So I did have that protective mechanism from spirit to make sure that I was very careful in the way that I did talk about my experiences. And it wasn't until I was probably a teenager that I started to talk about it more with friends. Um, and you do have part of you that thinks that it's kind of somewhat normal. Um, so when I would tell my parents about, you know, different beings that were in my room and I'd have like different geometries that would appear uh, and different veils and different kind of realms appear in my room or open up or different portals uh, and some physical experiences where I'd wake up with clothes on back to front, even like, you know, in my, I think it was 30s, I woke up with my clothes on the floor, you know, different things like that. And you're also having an ET experience at the same time. So you have that physical confirmation that something's happened. Uh, but I think going back to childhood, it was in the 80s. So it was a different look or perspective on how this might have been perceived as opposed to like how it's perceived now. So for me growing up, I was just in my parents' room pretty much every night up until about 17. You know, there's something in my room I can't sleep. So whether I'd have a mattress on the floor, some nights that would be that feeling of, no, I need to sleep in between you, mum and dad, because I knew abduction stuff was going to happen. But you don't always have the words to be able to describe what's happening. Um, but what we've since found out too mm. is that, um, you know, having had similar parallel experiences growing up, um, I had this experience uh, getting home from seeing Lady and the Tramp as a kid at the cinema and then watching it replayed all over again, projected on my wardrobe why there was ET experience um, happening at the same time. And then, you know, it was only through Evan describing a similar experience himself that yeah. um, we actually started talking about that we had that parallel experience. So, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely would have helped to have had someone to talk to, but... Yeah, there wasn't that many people back in the 80s, especially mm. as kids. Um, I mean, we grew up in different states yeah. too. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I guess I was lucky because I had um, dad and just, just like, okay, you know, being yeah. dad. A different family. Yeah, different family. <laughs> it's just like, okay, tell me what happened. But, yeah, I mean, that moment when we both discovered, I didn't see Lady in the Tram, but it definitely was showing me images and I called it the floating television that came through the wardrobe. Yeah, yeah, Funny we that had wardrobes are usually involved with this. Um, I wonder if there's some sort of portal archetype or something. Mm. Um, but, yeah, my one, I was just lying in bed and um, images were just projected into my head. I couldn't blink. I couldn't move. I wasn't particularly frightened by it, but it was definitely, like, there were moments when I like, wouldn't I'm moving a little bit. I'm literally paralysed. But, um yeah, that happened a lot. That's one of my earliest childhood yeah. memories, actually. And I think when we were at Uluru, we, I think I just blurted out. Yeah, Wait no, a like, second. Why? How, how did I not know this about you? Yeah, so it's one of those moments. Yeah. This, is a, this is a really cool question right here, guys, uh, kind of on, uh, really on the tone that we're talking about right now. 
Uh, it's can you see that on your screen? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's from uh, Kristen Small. Uh, she asked, "Can abduction be confused for astral travel?" Because when you were saying that, you know, when images are, you know, in your mind, I was thinking that very same thing. I wonder if that's astral travel uh, instead of abduction. But there, there's probably like different levels of abduction as well, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. No, I'm. I know. The other one I was talking about the other day, which was interesting, which was you mentioned before memory being wiped as well. I know mm -hmm. that's me because I woke up after an experience and just saw like a hand and then a bolt of light came out of the hand into my third eye. Yeah. And I've been told that that's one way to seal the memory of the previous event. But I ended up painting that experience on the wall and no one could sleep near it because they would wake up going, there's figures coming out of the painting at me. I'm like, what have I done here? <laughs> to burn the painting with everyone supervising, like, burn it, burn it. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, okay, oh, maybe I should. No one will sleep in the room anymore. Okay, fair enough. But, I mean, hey, there's, there's another bit of therapy for people, isn't it? Art. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, but... Yeah, and that was me as a teenager just going, I'm going to just paint what happened. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely there was, what's his name, John Mackey? There was a physicist, no, a psychiatrist that ended up interviewing all these people that have been abducted, and I think he... Yeah, I think that's who you... Mm. Mackey, I think, yeah, I think that's right. Mackey. Yeah, yeah no, an interesting fellow, that's for sure. Because that might have been in the 70s or the 80s. It was definitely a it while was ago. Way back, yeah. Mm. Pioneer. And, so, and I think the experiences as well, you know, they can happen on many levels. Some mm. of them can be subtle and like a dreamlike experience. Mm. So I, I had I have had quite a few crossover experiences where you think that you're having a dreamlike experience or you are, mm. and then you wake up and it's continuing and it's still on in this reality. So you might be um, sort of in that in-between almost barter-like state where you're dreaming and you're consciously aware of what's happening in the dream or the beings that you're interacting with and you wake up and open your eyes and they're actually in the room with you. So mm. sometimes they'll give you more kind of like uh, conscious proof that they're there. I had one experience where I thought that I was dreaming and my entire roof um, where I was sleeping went see-through and I saw this giant mothership and just like this feeling of Arcturian energy. And I saw someone asked about me being Pleiadian. So I do have a lot of Pleiadian, um, Syrian heritage and connection. Uh, but when I woke up from this experience and the roof see-through, I woke up my partner at the time and I'm like, can you see that? Can you see through the roof? Look at it. And I ran to the door because I'm like, I want to make sure I'm up and awake in my conscious body. Mm. And I saw two lights flash off and zip off at warp speed in the sky. So sometimes we will have kind of that validation. I've had x-rays with different like implant type things uh, in my body um, and then gone and had MRIs and six days later after I've used a machine to kind of like zap it, they're gone. I've had physical marks on my body, uh, mainly due to like hormonal monitoring because sometimes you will be part of an ET program too. Um, so, yeah, there's various different examples of physical and non-physical. And the Egyptians talked about the different bodies, like the different energy bodies. I think it's, what is it, Car, Bar? Car, Bar, and, and I forget the third yeah, I one. I always forget the <laughs> third, third one. one. There's three, yeah. But yeah. they talk about, like, soul travel yeah. or astral travel. Um, so, yeah, there's different terms, mm. you know, whether we're looking Eastern or Western. 
for these kind of traveling experiences. I think, you know, we, we can travel and we can receive mm. interdimensional travel and mm. contact with these various different beings. I see it like a, a veil and the ETs stepping through this veil or, you know, a face appearing from behind a curtain. Or through a wall and then you paint it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or through the roof. Yeah. yeah, or through the roof, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they definitely... I guess those realms just blur, don't they? Really? Yeah, and that's what we're getting more and more as we shift, you know, after this December 21st period, we're getting more of these veils step in, more of these uh, blurred experiences. So the more that we can stay heart-centred and aligned with our consciousness and the more that we can kind of sieve and rid ourselves of um, the older things that we no longer need and be open to this new experience and um, this positive energy of working together and anchoring um, this ascension energy or this blue flame energy that we saw manifest, um, you know, at Uluru, uh, it definitely makes such a difference to where we're heading and the type of contact that we're going to be receiving. There's, um, I was going to say it's a pretty pretty interesting that you had mentioned earlier that um, you know that this is kind of like a you know part of an ET um, experiment and um, you know what I've you know dug up and the research that I've done uh, you know it really shows that um, you know 70 to 80 percent of the abductees are uh, women and when those women or girls that are being abducted it's really hereditary where if you're being abducted and you're a woman, chances are that your uh, mom has been abducted, uh, your sister has been abducted, your aunties, uh, you know, your grandmothers and on and on like that. Do you have any, you know, something like that happening like in yeah. within your family where, you know, where it's been a generational kind of thing and they're, you know, you're just simply another, uh, you know, step in the ladder of their experiments that they've been doing for an extended period? So I, I really resonate with Steven Spielberg's series, Taken, that had Dakota Fanning in it. I think he really displayed how that can be a generational thing, but how can how there can also be connection from other contactees that are living in different parts of the world or different parts of the country where they may have come together in these abduction experiences or, you know, been educated on board UFOs and um, learned different things because that's definitely something that I've been through is, you know, that ET school uh, side of things. Um, but, yeah, with, with my family, um, I probably fit more into Evan's family than I do my own. My family is very beautiful, but um, what I would probably call more muggles or more like the normies, um, whereas with mm -hmm. Evan's family, I fit into a family of rainbow sheep or, um, you know, the black sheep. I'm, I'm kind of just one of them. Uh, but from my mom, uh, my mom, uh, her mother had her when she was 40. So my mom is the twin um, and her brother looked full term, if not overdue. And my mom was preemie who just fit into the size of her um, dad's palm of the hand. Uh, she had her appendix on the wrong side of her body hole in the heart so there was a couple of you know abnormalities and she doesn't look like the rest of the family she's quite small and petite and her sister and brothers are a lot bigger uh, we have really tall family you know even um some girls that are like six foot three uh wow. yeah so i'm i'm five seven i'm a lot smaller but um but yeah still quite tall uh, so yeah my mom and dad weren't sure if they were going to have kids so i think they were together for I would, uh, since 16 and I was born when they were 29 
Um, so they were together for quite a while before they conceived me. And I remember uh, my mom saying that when I was born, my grandfather, who was a US Marine, he's like, there's something really different about this one. There's something like really special. And apparently, you know, he didn't want to let go of me. <laughs> and there'd been, you know, other cousins um, born at the time. But yeah, apparently he just thought there was something really different. Uh, so I do think that it can be generational. Um, I do also think that sometimes, like from what I've seen working with my clients, that you can have a, a family line or a family where there may have been like a little bit, and then every now and then you'll get more ET DNA injected in um, to the mix. So I do feel that I'm probably more hybridized and have, I definitely associate more with being an ET than I do a human. When I look into this world and I see what happens, it doesn't make sense to me especially when I see how it could be operating or working as to what I've seen off world. There's no sense in the violence and destruction that we have and not working within harmony with nature and with the animals. Um, you know, that side doesn't make sense to me. Uh, yeah. So I hope that answers that. Yeah. Yeah. Don Juan Mathis, uh, you know, kind of said the same thing. So, you know, a shaman and, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, kind of forget exactly what he had said. Uh, you know, the contradictory of uh, mankind, uh, you know, when you look at the intelligence of man, but then, you know, you see the actions of man, right? Uh, it's belief structure and, uh, you know, like what we do, uh, we kill animals to eat when, uh, you know, it's not necessary. But that's yeah. a contradictory that I'm, uh, I'm talking about. But, you know, that's very interesting. Um, you know, I, I don't know how to really address this question because I want to I want to try to find out from uh, from from Evan's perspective as to somebody who's out there right now and is going through something like this, right? Um, I'm not sure whether like what I'm asking, like you know, would you advise them or uh, you know, like. What would you say to that person to like put them at ease? Yeah, that's it. You know, like how would you put them at ease if they're going through something like this and, you know, they're cruising YouTube and this happened to come across this video and uh, and then they hear you? Because uh, I'm, I'm sure it's got to be really, really confusing uh, for that person because I know it would be for me. I've never personally have had any you know, abduction experience, but I'm sure if I did have one, my mind would be just racked, right? I would be like, what in the world's going on here? Uh, you know, it goes against everything, you know, that um, that I know, you know, I know that there's other life out there, but, you know, to, uh, to interact with them is something totally different. It's off the spectrum for myself, right? But if that's happening to somebody, what do you do, Evan? Um, well, generally, what can I say? Yeah, just that um, you're definitely not alone. There's, mm. there's plenty of us that have had all sorts of different experiences, and I do think... Some of the ones that I was having back in the 90s, they don't happen anymore. It's like uh, the group that were abducting me from what I've, amongst the people I know that were being abducted with that group, it doesn't happen anymore. It's like, so, and they're often the more confronting ones where you're kind of like, hmm, I'm some sort of lab rat. <laughs> but um, that... It doesn't seem to happen as much anymore. And, yeah, um, yeah generally uh, what people are coming to me now with, they're, they're generally a lot nicer experiences. Um, so I don't think it's as traumatic as it used to be. Mm -hmm. um, plus, um, 
Yeah, just look, and I think there are plenty of groups of people out there that are experiences. Mm. So I would I'd suggest, you know, finding one of those and, and finding other people. I think there is comfort in finding people that have the same experience as you or similar experience and you can kind of nut it out and, um, yeah, and then it, it does just realise you're not alone and then yeah. I think that's the main way to find other people. Um, and Some people may clam up as well, right, due to the societal stigma that's attached to you know, ET abductions are like, you know, automatically the tinfoil hat comes out, right? And then there's that instant, um, you know, discredibility, you know, I guess what you can call, you know, even you know, a lot of people within their own families, if they say, yeah. hey, I, I'm being abducted, uh, you know, their family is just you know, going to laugh at them, right? Saying, ha you know, you need to get your tinfoil yeah. hat or whatever the case may be. You know, those are the types of people that uh, that really I'm talking about where they have like no support network, you know, around them and really don't know where to go to uh, to reach out to somebody, right? Because, you know, if they've been abused mentally like that at home, then for them, the chances of them reaching out to the general public or friends or what so, you know, what have you for help, you know, is, um, you know, it could be very difficult because they're being ridiculed at home and nobody wants to be ridiculed, right? And then they, they might think, you know, hey, you know, maybe I'll go and ask my friend over here. And then you get that same response from that person. And then as soon as that happens, it's, you know, that's it, it's closed off. And then now they're going to psychologically, you know, suffer in within them own selves, uh, not knowing that this is happening out there. Like, to be honest, you know, up until, you know, like 2008, 2009, um, I really had no knowledge of, uh, you know, ET abductions or, you know, that people were actually being abducted, right? So, you know, there's a lot of people in that boat uh, even today. Yeah, no, and, um, and that's definitely a, a tough situation. I guess I just owned it because, yeah, it was definitely I was the kooky one in high school, you oh, know. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, and I, I and yeah, it's obviously a lot harder when it comes from family, but um, yeah, yes, there is resources though. Yeah, so um, Ray Hernandez has um, the foundation called Free, which was also um, I, I think Edgar Mitchell was also one of the founders with that. Mary Rodwell, uh, Mary Rodwell is mm -hmm. a beautiful expat from uh, England who now lives in Australia, and she really. Uh, not only collates experiences and helps people that have had abduction type experiences, mm. experiences, she does hypnotic regression. So I think sometimes finding out exactly mm. what may have happened if you're at that space being ready to do it. There's also um, like quantum healing technique and, you know, other forms of regression that really help people to, to make sense of what happens. I think if you can make sense of what's happened to yeah. you mm. as a starting point and establish whether it's positive That's or negative, right. Um, that, that's a real good basis and a foundation. And it's also really looking at your sovereignty because some people might be having experiences and not feel comfortable with that. Others might be having experiences and crave more of it mm. and want to really like go that's down right. into that because that to them might be, you know, where they've come from, they might really be that ET soul or ET energy. Um, so, yeah, it really is establishing whether it's a positive yeah. or a negative experience you're having first. Um, also, Steve, Dr. Stephen Greer mm. is um, an amazing resource for people 
that want to establish contact. Um, but yeah, you always want to work with benevolent uh, beings, ones that are positive, mm -hmm. have your best and highest interest at heart. So if you are getting contact from whether it's non-physical entities or ones that are physical, you want to make sure that they either love you unconditionally mm -hmm. or that they have your best and highest good. And anything other than that, you don't want to work with them, whether it's, um, you know, saying protective verses, whether it's adjusting your frequency and energy to appear offline. Um, there's lots of different tools and techniques, and I think it's good to know that people can be empowered by using the, these kinds of techniques and seeking these resources. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I mean, cool. If you've got fragments of an experience, it's almost like, you know, the line from the song that's a mere ear, what do you call them? earworm. So, and to get rid of that, you almost have to listen to the whole song, and that's oh, the yeah. surest way of getting rid of it. And there's certain song lines um, that just I hate stuck. it when that happens. I had yellow, <laughs> I had yellow submarine stuck in my head. my God! For like Soul said, like it, it's you. You've got to listen to the whole song um, almost, and um, and try to work out what's happened. Is it good? Is it bad? And yeah. then you can move on from that. Whereas if you've just got a couple of little pieces, it can get very um, repetitive in your head. And sometimes it's happening too because, mm. you know, we all have different missions mm. here on earth. And, you know, for me, a lot of my experiences have related to uh, whether it's being upgraded with psychic abilities. So mm. I've woken up with giant needles being pulled out of my eye uh, while feeling in a really calm, blissful state, seeing three ETs that were projecting like a white lab coat. So it was projected as a white kind of almost doctor hospital type experience but I felt so much calmness and bliss and I woke up seeing them and having this experience coming into this reality um, and also woke up with um, some clothes on the floor so I had that physical thing of something had happened something had gone on and I noticed an upgrade within my abilities my ability to be able to fine-tune and really go a bit more 3d with um, the vision side of things and be able to see not just with my eyes but um, you know internal movie-like projector vision as well so some of these upgrades and experiences are positive mm. and they're working us to help with that um, you know we have that neural network we might as well use it. So some of the ET experiences are really helping us to download new activity into that and, and give us those upgrades. Mm. Yeah, that leads me into my next question. I'm glad you said that, that you know, imagery comes in. Now, does uh, ET communication always happen visually or is there any uh, you know audio that goes with that? Like, are they speaking, or is there any sound coming, or they directly speak to you? Say, Saul Rita, uh, you need to uh, you know base uh, Evan's vibration today because uh, you know it's not <laughs> vibrating high enough. So you need to clean his chakras and expand his his. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Just jokingly, you know, is uh, you know. It, is there a communication like that, or is it just visual yeah. that just rapid thought? Great, uh, you know, an imagery that's coming in and it's relating, and you're trying to piece it together from, you know, from what you understand of this, uh, mm -hmm. you know, density. So I think 
I think that's a great question. I love the topic. When I saw the topic, anatomy of extraterrestrial, like the one that you've got up the top, I'm like, yes, because I love anatomy. Um, <laughs> I found in natural medicine, but I love spiritual anatomy too. So if we look at the signs and symbolisms in spirituality and we apply that to the body. So we have the sphenoid bone, which is in the sinus cavity, and it's a free flo uh, floating bone that looks like a butterfly shape. Um, you can see it in the Gray's Anatomy book. So we have this physical body as an avatar and as a physical computer. But if we look at the soul and spirit as that um, energy that can come in and operate this avatar, it comes down through the pineal gland and it links into the vagus nerve and the and the brainstem. And you know, our chakras plug into this, our acupuncture system integrates within the nervous system that runs off this. So we have this physical computer, this bioenergetic highway, um, which is not only like sensorial to touch uh, and receive, but also to, you know, send out energy too. If we look at the body from this kind of format, um, there's other sacred geometries, not just this butterfly, uh, you know, symmetry we have going on with mm -hmm. the bone, which means that we're built for transformation. We're built to hold light and house light in this um, physical body computer. And if we're open to receiving these download, uh, downloads and, um, you know, I joke about it, like an iOS update or whatever, you know, because they're there for, <laughs> for working on, um, you know, we all have that ability to go to that limitless potential. And I think that's what is... Um, that's sort of like where our future lays. This is like where we're going now that we've arrived past December 21st and we've had this blue flame portal energy be anchored onto the earth. This is now getting the upgrades. This is this is the time we've been waiting for. Yep. And um, what's the quote from the hobby? We are the ones we've been waiting for. Yeah. You know, uh, now's the time. Yeah. So. Oh, and I just remembered, because I, I am a little bit ADD, which leads me back into the question that you asked. So I think that me being a receiver of this kind of things, it's just my brain's wired really differently. So I think having gifts like dyslexia and ADD really helps a different kind of, pro it's just a different kind of processing system. So for me, I receive multiple streams of information and data. Uh, so sometimes I'm hearing multiple things come down. Um, um, was born more visual but has become like one muscle. So when you work with the psychic senses and it's usually lined up with whatever sense you're dominant in, whether it's like um, sight or whether you're an empath and you're really feeling because so many ET souls and ET experiences are very empathic um, or, you know, whether you're auditory and you hear things. But when you work with it and you start to attune to working with this energy and receiving messages, it becomes like one muscle. Um, and so you're really activating that part of the brain because the more that we're receiving the information and going, oh, that's interesting and we're applying our attention to it, it's actually making those ropey brainwave pathways, the brain synapses are forming thick ropey bridges and saying that this is important, this is vital information that we're receiving. Because on day-to-day -day basis, we receive so much information, you know, just in this room alone, we've got cars driving past with traffic, there's cats in the room, you know, there's multiple things going on. We're not consciously taking this in. But if you apply that conscious attention to subtle flashes of light that are appearing out the corner of your eye or different meditation-like experiences that you might be seeing, we, we have the ability to go not just the visual 
out the corner of the eyes, you'll start to get images projected into your third eye that you see like movies and that become fully, you know, surround sound um, and you'll feel into it at the same time. So you'll get a multi-sensory synesthesia of um, blended psychic senses. That's really cool. I like that answer, Rob. I really like that answer, which kind of leads me into into my next uh, question, which is, uh, you know, and, and Evan, I'd like your opinion on this as well. Uh, sure. But before we go, you know, a little further, I just wanted to add also that in our brain and um, you know, and in our spinal cord, uh, there is a um, a crystal uh, that lines, uh, you know, our spinal cord, like back here, and our skull and parts of our brain, uh, the magnetite, which is uh, you know one of the uh, you know the most magnetic. Uh, you know, substances uh, that we know of, and uh, it's a great uh, uh, material to, uh, you know, to take in and also transmit uh, energy and information and such. So, uh, you know, and with that speaking, with that in mind, now, people that are schizophrenia, now, you know, I've thought to myself, you know, many, many times that what if people that have schizophrenia are not really actually sick, but their brain is tuned in a different way. And because they're vibrating at a different frequency, they're able to, you know, get, I guess, get into contact or, you know, enter or you know, cross a frequency of communication that's coming from outside this planet or even interdimensionally. And our clinical scientists or our psychologists, they say, okay, well, if this person's hearing voices, then he must be crazy. And then they give them drugs and, uh, and then they try to uh, suppress those voices. Now, is a schizophrenia, a person who's suffering from schizophrenia, having a ET experience, ET contact, or um, is there something, you know, different at play here? Because for me, I don't believe that uh, that they're actually crazy. So, uh, you know, it's up to you guys, whoever wants to uh, lead off with this one. Yeah, no, I, I thought that for a while um, that a lot of, you know, um, it's kind of like a bell curve almost. I, I feel like when it comes to perception and stuff like that, and it's definitely some on, on the end, but yeah, it, it's almost like a, a miscategorization. Um, and I've always wondered what if what they are experiencing, what if that is actually real or they are actually hearing a real voice that comes from ETs or spirits yeah. or whatever. And I, I've always wondered that because um, I think a lot of the time, yeah. And I think about what would have maybe happened to us in the, medieval middle ages we probably revenged don't hit the stake yes <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I like a good song but come on <laughs> but uh, you know but so it's it's almost like a society changes so does our classification for things but it's the same like i'm dyslexic as well but quite common with abductees yep. and yep. being ambidextrous and, uh, and i don't you know I'll kind of yell at the computer screen occasionally when I'm trying to do my books and numbers move and like stay still, but that's just part of it. And I, I do think um, as time goes by, we'll be looking at people that aren't dyslexic and different things going, oh, wow. So, yeah, they do have a different way it's of looking at the world. It's, yeah. it's not a disability. It's just it's a different. It, yeah. Yeah, that's what we always <laughs> say, isn't it? So, yeah, it, yeah. And it, and it could be 
I wonder mm -hmm. if it's like a like an extreme case of uh, psychicness. Yep, and they just haven't had um, guidance with how to yeah. process that. Yeah. And um, I've always felt that that could be a possibility. And, um, yeah, I mean, it could be ET stuff. It could also be uh, more metaphysical, spirit-based stuff as well. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I've had plenty of those experiences. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it is a voice um, that's talking to you and sometimes it's a tap on the shoulder or a push. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, right, well, I'll and leave the house or whatever is going on um, in that situation. But, yeah, I do feel there's probably some um, poor souls out there that are, been um, pushed into a category and they just need, you know, um, someone to help them kind of go, yeah. oh, wait a sec. <laughs> there, there is an amazing book actually um, that's written on that exact topic and it's called Bridge Between Worlds mm -hmm. and it looks at um, what we diagnose as like bipolar and just, uh, depression and schizophrenia possibly um you know, connected to if if they were born into a different time or a different culture, then perhaps these might have been the people that were trained as shamans, the same as like Evan and I going through having experiences. Mm. If we'd possibly been born more in an Eastern culture or, you know, in South America somewhere, uh, we might have been born more into shamanic training or mm. becoming like medicine people. So I think sometimes uh, we have those latent faculties that are sometimes switched mm. on in some more strongly than others yeah. but there's also you know different drug-induced psychoses and things too yes. which sometimes and not just you know a physical disruption to the brain or you know putting holes in the brain like some drugs will do it's actually a doorway or a gateway and an alcohol as well as um drugs yeah. like uh, ayahuasca yeah like so dmt kind of kind of thing um, more talking about, like, I guess the negative drugs, the ones that are not so medicinal in nature, mm. party, party drugs and that kind of cocaine kind of yeah. acid, yeah. things like yeah. that. Yeah. You'll see on MRIs actually putting holes in the brain. So these holes create a portal for entities to come in. Whereas like more with the plant medicines, you're working with a shaman to help resolve unhealed things and to progress yourself, um, you know, on your, on your path. So a bit different in nature, but still nonetheless having to be very careful that you close off that gateway so that you're not opening up to other things. Now, do you think, uh, you know, we know that there's, uh, you know, good and bad in everything, right? Uh, regardless, uh, you know, there's good ETs, there's bad ETs, even within the ET civilizations, there's probably good ones and bad ones and some really horrible ones. Now, we have some really horrible ones here as well. We have uh, serial killers, uh, guys like uh, Son of Sam, uh, where he, uh, you know, he claimed or he said that uh, his neighbor's dog uh, told him to go out and kill people. Uh, we have uh, people like Ted Bundy, uh, who uh, you know say that uh, you know they heard uh, you know somebody telling them to uh, do things like this, and there's. You know, countless others, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really fascinated with serial killers and I've watched hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of documentaries on them. And one thing I've noticed, you know, it's not really consistent, but there is a lot of them that are saying that someone told them to, to do this. Now, I'm wondering if that is ET contact, but 
you know, in a really horrible way where, you know, something like an archonic force would want you to do, you know, something really bad so that there's that really dense negative vibration and energy that's there that they can feed off of. Do you think that this is what's happening to these guys and they're just uh, pawns or suckers, um, you know, in the bigger play for, um, for these ETs or are they just, you know, just insanely crazy and uh, and really don't care, but claiming that somebody told them, because they can never say who told them, they just say that they hear somebody telling them to do these types of things. So now I wonder, because, you know, you said earlier that, you know, you hear voices and there's uh, visuals and uh, a lot of these guys have said the same thing. So I wonder, you know, what's going on with that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Um, because there's definitely, you're right, there's definitely a few people going, oh, a voice told me to do it, or mm. they, they might put a, a deity in there. But I guess my Gnostic background just it just rings, like you said, archonistic archons. Yes. They, and, I, I, and that energy can be represented in, in a few different ways. Um, but, it's yeah, they do feed off that darkness mm. um for whatever reason but um that's their food i guess yeah um, and they look for the cracks and i have seen people change and, and you know that whatever whoever you're talking to in that moment you're not talking to the person that was there before mm. that there's there's another entity or there's something you can kind of see it in the eyes yeah um glaze over but there's a different they stare at you differently and it's it's not comfortable um, I've experienced that a few times and I'm like, oh, there's something else in there that's got in through the cracks, um, arcanistic, and yeah. I'm assuming for whatever reason, most of It's like you, they look right through you. Yeah. Um, to get into, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's um, definitely... But, yeah, I, I guess everything's a spectrum and there's probably some lovely ets out there and there's probably some of them that are just like let's let's see what happens if i do this and this and it's mm -hmm. i mean we're the same way are we not um uh well um but yeah the love and light and the nicer stuff's um definitely much nicer you know if i started um, this is just me if i had some voice in my head saying you know go kill this person be like ah no <laughs> I, I don't want to do that <laughs> um but yeah i mean there are definitely people that it's hijacking I think. yeah and there's probably yeah. people that don't for whatever reason um empathy is yeah. lacking or there is a, um, when you look into Vedic astrology as well, uh, there is a girl called Claire Nakti and she does uh, Vedic astrology profiling on different personality types and she'll look at, you know, people that have a mass, massive wealth and they'll tend to be uh, one particular or a couple of different signs in Vedic astrology uh, using a thing called nakshatras, which is like a, a personality type or, you know, like a totem. So like say you would have Taurus, but it would be split into three different characters. So you, she's done a serial killer profiling that talks about what are like the top 
uh, your three or top five uh, Vedic astrology profiles that make up a serial killer. Uh, and she's done it on um, all different topics. Mm. It's really fascinating. Um, I encourage people to check that out. I haven't watched the serial killer one because it's not really my thing. Um, but, you know, the other ones that I've watched of hers, oh, it blows, so specific, it's so they? specific. Like, it blows your mind. Yeah. So definitely find out your Vedic astrology. <laughs> make, make sure you're not a serial killer. killer. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I look at the how the Gnostics say the universe is created and we have this um, imperfect um, demiurge that created the world and the world of matter and then created us in the image of themselves. So I'm like, and then you have Sophia, which is divine and, and she realised the mistake that she made by creating this thing i think in some of the texts they call it an abortion and that just happens to be our creator god she's going oh crap and then descended down here and then gave each one of us a spark so i do feel like that energy of darkness and light and you read all the mythologies that's in us that that mythology is also you know you've got your good gods your bad gods mm -hmm. you know your angelic beings your demonic beings it's like a so, illustration of what's, tree of life that yeah. kabbalah Mutuality. Yep. <clears throat> and um, I guess for some people, they're out of balance. So they'll just go, ooh, dark, I'll, I'll go kill some people. Awesome. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> just like, I don't want to do that. And yeah, it's trying to get that, that balance, yeah. I guess. And we've got the prophetic and the, the demiurge yeah. energy in each one of us to, to kind and of. I think there's a nutritional component too. Mm -hmm. So if you look into, you know, what a lot of NDs are doing is checking for methylation. So depending on if you're depleted in certain minerals, you'll have more prone um, likeliness towards like depression, bipolar. Mm -hmm. So what they're finding, if they can balance out the minerals within the body, they can lessen some of these things. So I think it can be that, it can mm -hmm. be spiritual hijacking or whether it's gateway of drugs and things. But I don't oh, yeah. think... Um, you know, in some cases, if it's like a little bit more slight to moderate, I think there can be reversals of things to a certain extent too. I think, yeah, with any of this, you just have to look at it from a multi-level yeah. perspective, um, everything from spiritual to physical and um, treat it that way. I mean, yeah. Uh, just, it's not a Band-Aid thing, is yeah, it? A band -aid uh, just looking at my, how my mother overcame cancer like she attacked it from every yeah and dealt with it from every angle from reiki to diet to cvd oil to affirmations to journaling to art yeah art obviously yeah um, and maybe that's how we have to look at a lot of things whether it be a physical or mental or spiritual crisis mm. today we're oh. today we're just too quick to you know, write somebody a prescription and send them off to the pharmacy and say, here you go, there's a cocktail of drugs yeah. and uh, this will uh, fix you. But they don't really tell you that the chemicals in those drugs are going to really mess with your, you know, vibrational distortion and that it's going to make you even sicker than what you actually are. And maybe that's what the agenda is at the end of the day too, right? Because they are, you know, into Agenda 21, calling populations and suppressing yeah. and kind of deal. So I wonder if it... You know, it doesn't have something to do with that. And that's why they label people that are schizophrenic 
where you know in antiquity they could have been the Oracle of Delphi, and today they're put on drugs and stuck into you know mental asylums and kind of have you and just not really willing to confront it because if they confronted it, then they would find out that there's a lot of people out there who are just like this individual and who are having these types of experiences and it would be too much for them to deal with and then they would lose control of uh, you know of our society of us and that's really their their end game at the end is to control 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 and tell us what's real and what's not and then when somebody comes along that has an ET experience then to them you know that's a huge challenge in the mind I could just imagine you know I, I, I don't even actually want to imagine. Uh, it would be uh, pretty, pretty traumatic. But I got a question here. Uh, before, uh, uh, where is it? I lost it. Uh, ben Thompson, uh, and I believe Saul, this is to you. Uh, um, it could be, could be to okay. you as well, uh, Evan. Uh, throughout your experiences, have you ever been able to tell whether a contact was local, interplanetary, or? from Arcuturus or the Pleiades, etc. Yeah, so um, I guess for me, it's a little bit easier because I work with this every day, uh, you know, with clients and you, you start to notice, uh, I guess, a frequency. So if we're looking at it from the outside in, there's probably ETs looking at us going, oh, they've got earth frequency. Uh, so for yeah, example- That's the name of my book. Oh, is it really? Earth frequency. <laughs> Wow, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> um, love synchronicities. So, yeah, one experience I woke up from was um, I remember sitting up in bed and saying something like, Don't see a star. And I was like in my room because I woke up having this ET experience with this beautiful golden energy, this golden craft. And I saw this ET that looked kind of more of like Mexican descent with beautiful like rosebud cheeks. Like the color was so painted on. It was so glowing and surreal. Little lips that were like rosebuds and beautiful eyes that were gl uh, glowing like green emeralds. And I woke up in shock because it was so real. And when I woke up, I looked next to my bed and this being in this craft is like right next to my bed. So I'm like freaking out. And then, um, you know, I had to find out like what the translation of what I was saying was because I had no idea what I was saying. I don't speak Spanish. Um, so look it up and apparently I was saying something like, where is he? And the thing is, that is like an experience or an energy. We can tap back into that at any time. If you think about it as a bubble and you can put your hand on it and feel back into that time and space, you can almost rewind the tape of what happened. So for me, I was in shock and, you know, the being vanished shortly after, I just sort of went into meditation and went back into the energy of that. And I asked for the name and the name that I heard was Amar, which was A-M-A-R. And when I looked it up, that was also Spanish and it meant to love um, or the energy of love. And that encompassed all of the energy that I felt coming from this thing, even though I was shocked and freaking out, because you would be, honestly, like if you wake up to an ET next to you and mm. you've seen them in your dream and you wake up and they're still there standing next to you, that's going from one form of consciousness into the next. So it's a bleed through into the realms. Um, so, yeah, you are able to kind of like tap into this and um, feel into this energy space and kind of find out, you know, where they come from. So just feeling into that energy, I felt, you know, Pleiadian energy, which I'm like, I didn't realize there was, um, you know, more sort of like Spanish or Mexican looking 
uh, Pleiadians out there, but there yeah. is. There's some that look like me. There's some that look more like original people. Because um, it's a whole constellation. It's skin. not one That's planet. Right. Everyone just thinks it's one place, but it's... And not just one density yeah, either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Different levels. Um, definitely yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is this, uh, you know, in our linear time, because of the, uh, you know, the distance between the uh, Palladian star system and the, you know, and I can imagine how many thousands or hundreds of thousands of planets that are probably in that system and they're so far away and according to our, uh, you know, mainstream view of looking at time is however long it takes for us to observe the light that comes from there to here and now, they would be, you know, in the future, or would they be in 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 the past? Like when you when you have this contact with, you know, with this ET, like you were saying, with the Palladian, and you feel the energy. Would that be yeah. in this linear time, or would that be like up and beyond, uh, where you're more of an observer looking down at a reel of tape, and you know, and you can go back, forward, reverse, and frame by frame kind of deal. Yeah, I guess I see it as a realm. So I see it that they're entering like our realm or our energy field. But I also get shown things as non-linear. So when I'm working with clients and we're talking about past lives will come up. Because when I see someone's aura, if there's a color of like a blue or a turquoise within the aura, depending on like where the placement is. So say if it's around the heart, I can see if it's on an emotional area, like around here, connected to do with the heart, I might see that they're going through a pattern to do with love, but it's connected to do with a past life. Uh, and then the way they show me past lives is it's not that it's always in a linear concept. It might be more of a non-linear, multidimensional concept. So that lifetime, if we look at it as the hand being an oversoul, this mm. might be like me on Earth, this might be me on Pleiades. These times could be coexisting at the same time. So it's not just sort of like a straight line is the way that they show me and mm -hmm. talk about that concept. So can we... So could we be existing in multiple places at the same time? Because we are, you know, I guess we are because, you know, we are, we are a focus of attention of the infinite consciousness. We're a unique expression of it. And now I'm wondering, like, the unique expression of myself, uh, would it be interacting with another frequency using the body computer avatar to interact with that frequency while I'm over here using this body computer avatar interacting with this earth frequency. Could, could that be happening at the same time? And yeah, definitely. And, and you can also exchange different skill sets too. So there's things that we can learn from these multidimensional aspects of self. Um, and sometimes we'll remember them as past lives or off-world lifetimes, but we're all kind of coexisting and we're part of maybe like what I would call the oversoul or like if we look at it as a soul essence and that's been seeded out uh, because it's a very slow way to learn if we're just like going into one lifetime, one linear place, and then we're like reborn again into another. It's much easier to kind of split our consciousness and people talk about this uh, when it comes to collective consciousness mm. or God consciousness, that we're all God, but we're self-realizing. So if there's individual aspects of our soul that's also self-realizing, we can see how that macrocosm uh, concept or model might be then utilized within our own soul energy as a microcosm model. Interesting, because I've, I'm under the impression that, you know, like I am in a 
you know, a projection of you as you're a projection of me because we're both a projection of the same consciousness. Now, yeah. because we're the projection of the same consciousness, then in my mind, it suggests that, you know, because I'm an individual, I don't have an individual soul because my soul is part of that collective, um, you know, collective soul. You know, imagine like a, a cotton candy and you tear a piece off of that cotton candy, you know, the two are the same. It's not an individual by itself. It's just a piece of that. You know, is that kind of, do you understand where I'm going with that? It's, yeah. How does that, how does that work out? <laughs> so I would describe it as a, a necklace with beads on it. Mm -hmm. So that would be like one soul group. Um, or like if you have like you know, raw, like you mean like uh, like raw. Um, I'm not. I don't know if you're familiar with raw, uh, the law one. Oh, I haven't read the books. So I, I yeah, know like the law one or there's Seth. Uh, Seth speaks. Uh, I do have one of the books here, which I've I have. One of them. At I home haven't too. read. I've <laughs> held it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah. Is that what you mean by a soul group? Yeah, so we have the different soul groups. I, I see it in colour. So colour to me is a language. So if I think about source or if I go to my earliest memory of being soul essence, I see myself as a golden pink colour. And I'm with other colours and we're all part of the same essence, but there's like little different frequency differences. So mm -hmm. it's almost like one song, but we have these multiple frequencies being played and mm -hmm. strummed at the same time. How, how do you describe it? No, that, that's that's a pretty good, pretty good way of looking at it. And um, just from the Gnostic original slash perspective, yeah, when when we die, the soul splits into several parts, but a fair chunk of that just is universal consciousness, is us connected to each other and, and being expression. There, is, there seems to be a, a bit of an individualistic aspect to that as well, but, um, yeah. So, no, that, that, that's a great example. I, the colour, I like that one. <laughs> Would our aura be connected to that colour? Like every single, yeah. all of us have different auras, right? So I wonder if, you know, the the soul group that you belong to has some form of a color, and then when you when you manifest here, your aura would be that color to represent, uh, you know, represent. <laughs> yeah, and and I think the aura, like when I do an aura drawing, is kind of I'll, I'll grab an example. Um, but yeah, I see it as. I've got, I've got literally hundreds down here, so there's a lot. But I'll see an aura drawing as an example for, it's like a photo or a snapshot of the moment. So for me, when I see colour around someone, for example, um, it depends on the placement of where it is. So pink sort of close to the head and the height, and this is on the person's, I'm dyslexic, so I'm on their right side. So for me, this is like an outward expression of heart energy that's on an emotional level. So it's also mixed with this green and this gold color. So this on a spiritual level is higher energy of the heart chakra or higher messages coming in from the heart chakra permeating into that person's consciousness. Now, there was a being that was connected with this on the left-hand side. So that's connecting and talking with them more on an intuitional level and really trying to help kind of coach them towards different things that they can do. But then, you know, you might look at them 
um, you know, days later or an hour later, and they might be cycling through something different psychologically or emotionally or, mm. and this is where, you know, we have that planetary stuff come in too, that will be almost like code written in the matrix. Mm. And if we can find out what codes are happening on what days, we sort of get like little hacking um, into this matrix and we can kind of navigate a little bit more smoothly. And the same when we learn about like our own astrology and the way that we work on a, you know, psychological level, this is, you know, giving us keys um, and code to get into the higher levels, I think. Yeah. Uh, just looking at Christine's um, uh, question there. Yeah, there the definitely seems to be a multi-dimensional aspect to the yeah. Yowies. Um, they phase in and out. Um, and I've heard there's a couple of different types as well. Um, and keeping in mind they're masters sort of disguise as well. But, yeah, from a lot of experiences I've heard from people, it's like, oh, and I saw one and then it just disappeared. So, I've had that happen. Yeah, yeah. They phase in and out. Uh, what is it, sulfur? That's like <coughs> a rock. Yeah, smell some people say, yeah. that, that pe some people can see um hear, smell but then i've been told they hate the smell of us they hate the smell of soap and shampoo yeah. and perfume and we smell terrible to them they're they're, they're sort of homogenized into nature and we're kind of pasteurized and unpurified yeah yeah <laughs> different versions but yeah no they're definitely um about i from my area there's a town called Woodenbong um, and there's like a cutout of a yaoi in the park. You can shove your face in for photos. Like <laughs> it's just so well known. Yeah. And there, so there's definitely hot spots, but um, it seems to be you need a little bit of a bush and we have them seclusion. Here. Yeah. We've got them around here too. So there you go. You know, so, yeah. but. I think that's why they can pop up in different places. They, they phase in and out. Yeah. And, uh, mind you, that's probably something that we have the capability of doing and yeah. I've just forgotten. Yeah. I, I've run into elders that, yeah. that, that can do that. You've um, seen it. Yeah, I've seen it and I saw it with Graham Hancock and 20 other yeah, people. Yeah, I was just going to say that. You saw that with Graham Hancock. Yeah. <laughs> so we can all do that. They obviously and Buddha that. did that as well. <laughs> Buddha did that as well where he, uh, you know, transported himself from one side of the river to the other side uh, in an instant. Uh, the uh, South African shaman, uh, Credo Mutwa, uh, talks about uh, the two brothers, uh, the Chittahuri, uh, that uh, coexisted with uh, humanity back in the day. And, uh, and then when they phased out, uh, they left uh, kingships. And uh, you know, that's kind of where you know, our, uh, our kingship comes from, from around the world. But, you know, it's very possible that we did have this ability to do uh, not that long ago, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm suspecting, you know, like maybe 12 to 50,000 years ago, uh, we had this ability and this ability to psychically communicate with one another as well. Because in my mind, what I'm thinking is when in the, in the scripture, when they talk about the uh, Tower of Babel, uh, for me, you know, it's more, uh, you know, code talk than it is anything else. Uh, for me, they're saying that, uh, you know, the one language that we all spoke was the language of thought. And I'm not a psychic, but I would imagine that, you know, when you're a psychic, you're, you know, like you said, you're, it's thought and visuals coming in. And for me, you know, that's what the Tower of Babel is representing. And at some given time, uh, 10 or 12,000 years ago, 
that connection was severed. Now, I'm willing to bet that because of our reptilian brain, which is the oldest part of our brain, is something that the earlier ET abductions were focused on, was to enlarge that reptilian aspect of our brain so that we're constantly living in that fight or flight mode and we don't really pay a whole lot of attention to spiritualism and you know getting to know your higher self and light body and things like that and today we forgot to do that it's not that that we've forgotten i don't think that we have the uh, you know the capability the technology right the tools the hardware to uh to make it happen but i'm sure that we can but you know, it's it's going to be extremely difficult because I think this ET abductions, I believe in the beginning, were you know negative experiences where you know their their uh, I guess goals and aspirations was to really to feed on it because the further we go back, oops, sorry. she's home. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you know, for me, that's uh, that's kind of where I fall in with the ET abduction. That's why I was asking if hereditary, because yeah. maybe it's the uh, you know the damage that was done to start with is something that they're trying to undo now, right? Mm -hmm. Or another another sect has come in, um, you know, because we speak of you know wars in our in our history, like uh, you know we had the Manas. Uh, you know, there's cities flying around in the sky. They're shooting at each other and huge explosions. Mars is destroyed. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot at play at multi-level things. So I wonder, you know, if that is the case with the ET where they're trying to do damage control. Now, that's, you know, what I was saying with the hereditary is that the best way to engineer a society or a civilization is through women because women are the ones that carry the eggs. The women are the ones that, you know, essentially build the avatar. So the one thing that you would, if you want to genetically change something in within a society, it would be the women, right? And then when you change, when you insert the, you know, I guess uh, genetic information into the eggs, then that information is preserved. And then when it gets inseminated, then, you know, you know the, the stuff happens so i wonder if they're not going back now and saying okay well maybe the reptilian brain is too big and it needs to go back to the size that it was and then those other aspects of our brain that gave us this ability of being psychics and clairvoyant and things like that will come back what do you think about that Saul? um well, just what you were saying too was resonating to do with um, language. So for me, you know, I've worked with animals. I've worked with um, one little boy who couldn't actually speak. He was um, severely handicapped uh, and would, would tell me and show me things. Like he had a little dog um, and, and he'd been brought to me by the grandmother and the mother and he was talking to me telepathically. So animals and sometimes kids that are considered on spectrum or Asperger's or, you know, have autism that perhaps don't speak will not always have that psychic shield up. So it'll be almost as if this brick wall that we build up uh, is dismantled and they'll just talk mind to mind, um, you know, with telepathy. Uh, so he was telling me things like he had a little white dog called Charlie that was the terrier and they're sitting there confirming all this information as I'm telling, um, you know, 
relaying for him like what what he was telling me uh even down to he had a water fountain in his room and he was upset because they kept forgetting to turn it on he had a little yellow balloon uh in his room as well just like you know specific detail that there'd be no way that i would know so i think in some ways that telepathic language is something we're all capable of but we've forgotten so what i haven't looked at it from the brain side of things like you've talked about it's really interesting concepts and i know that um, light language for me because it's an empathic language is something that also is more of a telepathic language so it, it doesn't need to be uh, i've had my light language and another lady in italy you know when we had a conversation it was translated and we we're both saying the same thing um you know on a telepathic level we could understand each other and there was a lot of tears um involved in kind of that remembrance of speaking that language so i think there's so much more to learn about the brain and about um mm -hmm. how we operate definitely yeah for me it uh you know i don't know if it makes sense it's more of a hypothesis but, uh, you know, we need the brain to do things and there's some things that we don't need the brain to do things. So I'm thinking that, you know, when it comes to telepathy, because it's an antenna and because it's loaded with all those crystals and it's able to, you know, communicate interdimensionally, right? I wonder, you know, if, if you take a piece of it out and replace it with something else, if, mm -hmm. the, you know, if the machine would work uh, properly, like, um, you know, I don't know, it's, it'd be like taking out... Uh, if you got a V8 and you take out four spark plugs, right, the V8 is not going to really run all that well, right? It's going to sputter and putter and maybe make it down the driveway and that's it. But as soon as you insert those spark plugs back into the engine, then then it's going to work perfectly. And, I, you know, I would think that the brain is kind of the same thing because it's really, you know, the, the body is a science. It's a, it's, a, it's a vehicle that we use. It's no different than a car or a telephone. And it needs everything you know, all its pieces to work together, right? Uh, to work properly and efficiently. And maybe there are people that are being born now that, that you know, really have their full faculties that are working because of this consciousness shift that we're going through. And the old, like us, right, will, you know, catch up to that possibly because of our, you know, aspirations to raise our vibrational uh, distortion, and then maybe we'll catch in on that a little bit. But children would be, uh, you know, I, I would suspect our. Uh, Can you see that, Arnold? Yeah, new human, yeah. A Mary Broadwell one. So yeah. Mary gave me this. I've still got to read it, but um, she specializes in talking about these types of kids that you're that you're describing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the that's the new future and. That's kind of where we're gonna we're gonna head to now. To close things off, um, you know, what is the I guess uh, most favorite um, way for ET to uh, communicate with an individual? Um, you know, is it through physical abduction or you know to interact with a human to communicate with a human? Or is it, uh, you know, like a, like a consciousness abduction where they just leave your body and they take your consciousness and then you're, you know, roaming about on a spaceship and, uh, and they're trying to communicate or they're trying to do something with you that, you know, we wouldn't understand. 
Um, from my perspective, it's really, you know, we look at the amount of energy and output that it would take to materialize on a physical plane if you're a non, um, I guess, uh, like carbon-based being. Mm -hmm. uh, we are shifting more into like a silicon form, like more crystalline light body format. So it is getting easier for ET to contact and to, to talk to us. But, you know, the more that we can make ourselves psychically open and receptive to this, but only to those that are of a higher positive, um, you know, mindset or ones that do love us more on an unconditional level and are there for the benefit of humanity, not necessarily trickster or nefarious, um, you know, motivations. Uh, I think if we open ourselves up to these sort of beings that work with us, you know, they're just existing or coexisting outside of our dimensional space. It's so simple, really. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't think we need to think about it so much, even though there is, you know, abductions that happen and go on board craft and all of that, and it's amazing. And, you know, we've both experienced things like that. Um, it can be sitting down in meditation and having that inner peace and holding that space for conversation to happen. You know, we need to make ourselves available for this kind of conversation to happen. We really do. Our future, that's that's our future, is it not? Yeah. 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 To be integrated with them and us and, and yeah, just um, operate at that higher frequency, which is what we're all trying to do now. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Got a question here. Uh, we'll hit this final question and then uh, we'll jump over to you guys' uh, websites. Um, I was going to ask a question, but, you know, I am uh, I forgot now. Maybe it'll come back to me. I'm a veteran 420-er, right? So maybe uh, you know, it'll come back to me. So maybe I answer this question, and then I'll think about what I was saying. <laughs> um, having recently, this is from uh, Kristen Small. And uh, the question is, having recently heard the prophecies of Sylvia Brown, does Saul Rita feel similar in the view that within the century we will be living and working side by side with other world beings? Yeah, so I've, I've heard of Sylvia Brown before. Um, I know there's a lot of controversy around, I think, a prediction she made and it didn't turn out uh, right. You know, everyone gets things wrong at times. So I'm, I'm not really familiar with her work. That's all I've really heard about her. Um, but for me, the way I see things is, and the way that I work, is that I'm already working alongside these other beings in these other dimensions. They're here for everyone to work with. Um, and the vision that I've had is a portal that's open and there's an ET sitting, almost giving like a class or tutorial to kids, um, you know, not so distant future if we if we do make the shift and we do follow through with all the work that we're doing mm -hmm. leading up to Uluru um, and teaching us about our divine or galactic heritage and how we can utilise all of this part of being human, not just the 10% of the brain. So I do see us working side by side, but I also see us coming to a less denser vibration as well. So we need to work on our um, diet and our meditation and shifting into this next density or vibration, becoming more silicon and a little bit less carbon um, so that we can work in that closer spectrum with the, with the ETs because not all of them are on physical densities. Mm -hmm. Fantastic answer. I like that. And yeah, as much to that. I mean, you really <laughs> summed it up perfectly. <laughs> I, I just go back to me trying to pick up the toothbrush after oh, yeah, really yeah. Got, talk about that. It's like, uh, and then <laughs> just after, after get, the uh, ceremony. Yeah, so I've already experienced part of that. Like it yeah. is 
dense and we do need to be lighter. Like, I, yeah, that's the perfect summary of it. Me trying to pick up a toothbrush. <laughs> it was virtually impossible to four guys. Where is it? I can't. I, <laughs> and then you were picking up. it up and it was like falling through your hand. Yeah. We both were experiencing this after the ceremony. So, yeah, yeah. it's it's here it's for happening. us. To, it is happening and it's here for us to access and, yeah. and to interact with them. So what, what a time to be here, really. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I'm glad that I am anyway. Me too. And experiencing <laughs> it with other people like yeah, yourself too. Exactly. Because that's part of that. You know, we get to have fun while we do this too. It's mm. not all sort of like cheers. Doom and gloom. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was uh, interesting that you mentioned uh, diet, and uh, you know, I'm a I'm a huge believer of uh, you know your diet has a lot to do with your uh, chakra network, um, yes. how the information and and energy flows from one chakra to the next to the next to the next. Um, if we eat poisonous foods, uh, you know, if we eat uh, fast foods, McDonald's every day kind of deal, then we're going to block a lot of those chakras. And chakras are kind of like, you know, they're like your neighborhood road, right? Um, you know, if you if you go down, drive down the street and you get to your four-way and uh, that four-way is closed off because uh, they're doing some pipe work on it. And they say, okay, well, you have to go to that other one and you drive to that other one now the whole neighborhood is going to that one and that's going to cause stress now on that particular intersection and uh, and then that intersection is going to break down and uh, and then they're going to have to close that off and back there and to me the chakras are kind of the same thing where if you encrust them too much like with plaque or bad energy or density onto them then they're not going to relate like as much energy from flow it's not going to have that positive flow so mm -hmm. because it's not having a positive flow is putting pressure on the other chakras and if you continue to put pressure on those chakras they may break down as well right so for me the diet is uh, you know it's a, it's a key thing but you know I do know that one thing that we're not uh, designed to uh, eat meat uh, we have uh, flat teeth uh, we yeah. don't have sharp teeth like cats where you know we were you know built to eat meat we have flat teeth, meaning that we, you know, eat nuts, vegetables, and fruits and things like that. But the majority, a huge population of the world does eat meat, right? And they eat a lot of meat and a lot of red meat to be really, to be uh, precise. And we know red meat is very bad for you, but, you know, the huge chunk of the world's population eats that, uh, that type of, uh, you know, has that meat diet. How does that meat diet or how will that diet affect that person's vibrational energy in order for them to you know get to the next level of you know becoming light body like you were saying there's people you know yeah. becoming crystalline and things you know is there a way around that or do people simply have to give up meat in order to you know ascend to that that next level yeah, and it, it's hard because it gets into politics. I'm vegan. Ev's been born vegetarian. You know, his parents are vegetarian, so he's never had meat. Um, I've got a great picture that actually explains all of this. So this is a book by David Wolf. It's called Eating for Beauty. And what we see here is an example of choline photography. So if we think about a piece of meat that's been killed, 
not only does it energetically hold, um, you know, fear, because a lot of the animals that are on the killing floor will see their family and their friends slaughtered in front of them. Um, and animals feel fear just mm -hmm. as much more than what humans do. They're very perceptive. There's another one. I'm not sure if this is a goji berry or a buckwheat, but look at the electricity coming off. Yeah. So, um, as far as like electrical conductivity, because if we think about the chakras and um, the acupuncture system being made, like it's electrically able to measure acupuncture points. Um, so if we're feeding this electricity, mainly from fruits and superfoods and greens, because these seem to have the highest, um, not only nutrient density, but also energy that's um, surrounding it. We're putting this energy, this, you know, what do you want to power your body with battery wise, a piece of dead meat? or um, something that has no life force to very little life force left in it to something that's maybe being picked off a tree or if not fallen off a tree and, you know, is designed for us to, to eat. You know, we have teeth that are more set up to be um, fruitivores or herbivores as well. When you look at the physical anatomy and you look at the digestive tract of a carnivore, it's designed for me, whereas our bodies, you know, fruit passes through within half an hour. Mm, I know. Yeah, we're designed to to have yeah. this kind of food source. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So it doesn't get into the politics so much because right. it's a massive topic, but it does show the difference between the energy charge of the food and you can imagine how that would then relay over to power a light body. Yeah, that makes sense. It really does because, uh, you know, you have this dead piece of cow or pig or chicken or whatever it is, just a dead piece of meat laying there. And it's not really going to have that, that energy that, uh, that your body requires. And, you know, one can argue, and I like how you pointed that out with the, uh, with the fruits and the vegetables where, you know, if you pick it off, it still has that electrical charge to it because some people will argue that, well, a plant is alive too. So if you pick off a, a strawberry or, you know, a leaf, then you're hurting it too, right? But, uh, you know, again, that's politics, right? But I really like how, you know, you, you explained that where, you know, it still has his, it's electrical charge. Because we live in an electrical universe. Our body is electrical. Everything is electrical. And if you kill something, you know, common sense would tell you that it doesn't, it's not electrically charged anymore. So I really, really, really like that. Let's do this final question and then it's, uh, and then it's done. I do remember that question that I was thinking of that I forgot. Uh, this is from uh, Community Development Sustainable Solutions. Um, right on. Um, any, uh, any profound information or otherwise unknown info that you have been benefited from during your interactions? Oh, okay. Um, let me think on that one. Um, yep, okay. Here's one. Sorry, it took me a while and I pulled something out of the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, years and years and years ago, I'd broken my back and was having a terrible time. I could barely walk. Like, it'd take me half an hour to get from one to the other. Um, like, shattered tailbone, strained ligaments. But I was having... Um, like a really bad dream and uh, I'm still not quite sure whether it was projected in or, or whatever it was, was after me in the dream and, you know, that doesn't sound so scary, whatever. Wake up, have a glass of water, go back to sleep, dream continues. Woke up about five times and then went, right, well, I just won't sleep because that dream is just ready to go. And then I had a light on, standing up, would blink and I'd see the figures in the dream and all I'd like, like to say is I prefer my face on my face and not off. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But anyway, so I'm like, you know, this is this isn't great. You know, I've read about sleep paralysis, all of that stuff. But I'm like, I'm standing up, I'm slapping myself, I'm definitely awake. Light switch on and off, um, and then uh, light came into the room, and then I could see them. They were coming into the room and stepping through into this reality from whatever plane, dimension, craft, whatever to come say hello and not in a good way. And I went, oh, I'm screwed. But the moment I thought that and said that, uh, another being from outside said my name, my full name, Evan William Strong, gone. So my profound thing from that is that we are sovereign and, you know, I'm not that special. I guess I'm all right, but... I think you're special. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <You're first. laughs> but, um, my name was enough to banish whatever that was, whatever that darkness was. So I would say everybody's name would have that power too. So, yeah, we are sovereign. So I was just, I was just thinking the same thing. I was just relating it to uh, mm. the, uh, an exorcism where, uh, you know, the... the father comes along or the priest comes along with the cross and says in the name of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And because he's invoking that sovereign name, whatever force that is. But yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah I'm not suggesting everyone goes out and performs exorcisms and starts yelling my name. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You are that kind of guy. <laughs> well, that was for me and my personal thing. Yeah. So I think that could apply to other people that are names. So that's my little, yeah, thing. <laughs> <laughs> my little uh, thing that I learned in that interaction. Yeah. The uh, question I was going to ask earlier on was, uh, you know, we see a lot of, um, um, do we have it up here? We see a lot of, uh, you know, pictures of, uh, you know, CGI images of, uh, of aliens. And uh, they always show aliens with no clothes on. And I've always said to myself, you know, like, hey, man, they have to be wearing clothes, right? So in your experiences, your collective experiences, were they dressed? Sometimes, but not always. Really? You know, they have beautiful, elaborate clothing. Uh, it depends on what density mm. they're from. Sometimes they'll have like skin suits that are, you know, very tightly, yeah, you know, encasing the body in all the right places. Um, other times I've seen robes and, um, you know, not too dissimilar to things that we see in Star Wars. No, mm. oh, very cool. You know, I suspected as much, Evan. Yep, yep. No, that that's exactly right. Yeah, um, you get the whole spectrum there yeah. from. Think that's a suit. It's so skin tight. To oh, that's that's a nice cape. Yeah, so you do get the whole spectrum. Yeah. yeah. Right on. That was uh, you know that was more of a silly question, just to uh, end yeah. the broadcast, right? Uh, but here I here guys, uh, you guys are seeing. Uh, Saw Rita's uh, website. Uh, I believe it's uh, scrolling at the uh, bottom of the screen. Let me check here. Yes. Oh, I do actually have a discount code for bookings um, up until Valentine's Day. If you use the code word love on one hour readings, you get ten percent off. There you go, guys. So uh, book your uh, book your readings. 
And uh, Salrita, you've done uh, tons of interviews and radio shows and such, and you have your own show as well too, right? So that's yeah. um, people can find you there. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done a lot on my own show for a while. I've been busy raising my three babies. So um, now they're getting older. It's time to put some more attention and energy back into doing those things that are, you know, my soul calling as well. This is where you guys can uh, can go. Here's the website. And like I said, the links are down below and uh, the links are also in the uh, description of this video. I jumped the gun this time and um, I decided that uh, I was gonna have everything ready before I, uh, <laughs> before I uh, jump on here. Let me just uh, quickly share one of my favorite websites. Here is, uh, you guys see the site? Uh, let me jump back here. Let me uh, put it up here. Guys, this is uh, Evan's website, ForgottenOrigin.com. Uh, that also has been scrolling down at the uh, at the bottom. Uh, Evan's written uh, tons of books. Uh, got uh, lots of articles. Uh, you know, you just finished doing the uh, Our Alien Ancestry, uh, seven uh, chapters. Um, the eighth one's coming up soon, um, end of February. Um, so 28th um, of February here in Australia, so that'll be the 27th over your way. Um, so Rita will be talking as well. Um, and, yeah, we've got a full cast of people for that one. Um, yeah, so we're restarting that um, series of online conferences um, this year as well. So Nice. Mm. <clears throat> very nice i like those conferences uh I've learned a lot uh when uh you know over the last seven chapters i'm definitely looking forward to the next uh guys the uh i will uh add the link uh to this video uh once it uh, becomes available but uh you know i've got uh, forgottenorigin.com uh just right here in the uh in the description right below you while you're there uh click that like button and uh, you know, share this out. Uh, you know, thanks for all your comments. Uh, it really helps confuse the uh, the algorithm of uh, you know old uh, Big Brother watching us and listening to us because uh, they don't like uh, what we uh, have to share. Uh, let me uh, just stop screen. There we go. We'll put it right here. Thank you very much, uh, Saul, Rita, and Evan. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, went over by a few minutes, but uh, you know, I didn't want to leave uh, any questions, uh, you know, unanswered here in the crowd. Um, you know, so uh, I want to thank you for your time. I, you know, it was a fantastic discussion. Um, I learned a few things uh, from here, and uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'd like to learn more. Right and. Uh, I've always, uh, you know, you guys really answered the questions that I had in my mind about uh, communicating with ET. Uh, so, you know, that, um, you know, to me, that's, uh, you know, it's been answered. Now I have more questions, right? You know how they say, right? You, get, you know, get one answer and a hundred more questions, right? So um, uh, I got those coming and, uh, you know, so uh, I want to thank you guys very, very much. Uh, this was a different talk than uh, what we usually uh, talk about Evan and uh, you know 
I'm usually into talking about consciousness and, uh, you know, things like that. So, you know, for me to, uh, you know, delve into, you know, extraterrestrials is, uh, it's not off the beaten path, but, uh, you know, for the last couple of years, it has been off my, off my path, but, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, couldn't pass up this opportunity to, uh, you know, speak to someone who has had an experience from childhood. Right. And I was hoping that uh, you know, people that are out there that watch it, it, uh, it may help them. They can get some advice. And I uh, wanted to approach it from the psychological side as well, which, uh, you know, which really helped me understand, uh, you know, especially about the schizophrenia. You know, I've always really had a question mark. And I've always thought that uh, you know, myself and maybe a handful of other people out there think or uh, you know, think the way I'm thinking about, uh, about that. So thanks for reaffirming that I'm not crazy, Evan, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> no, yeah, all good. <laughs> yeah, because I, I truly believe, uh, I don't think they're sick. Uh, people with autism, I don't believe that they're sick. Uh, it's just the uh, experience that they've chosen to have, and because their computer is, uh, you know, wired a little bit differently, doesn't necessarily make them crazy, and they, you know, put on yeah. drugs and such. Uh, that's a total crime against humanity, and uh, you know, and I'm not into that. So, before we uh, close the stream off, you guys have any uh, final words uh, before we say, uh, "I'll be back." <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. I really yeah. appreciate um, the conversation, Omar, and it's just good, mm. you know, getting us to really have that dialogue together too, because yeah. you know, I'm learning different things about him just. You, you asking the questions and just seeing his perspective, I really enjoyed yeah, no, that and good. the questions from you and from the audience. No, it's, it's been a great experience and it, it's good to be able to talk about some of these other topics that yeah. I don't always get to talk about, So, <laughs> it, which is good. Yeah, no, I've enjoyed myself. So, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. It's, it's totally refreshing and, uh, you know, thank you guys. And uh, thank you, everyone out there who uh, watched us and uh, will watch us in the future. And uh, thanks for all your comments. And, uh, you know, please give this video a like so that uh, we confuse the uh, algorithm, the uh, YouTube algorithm. That's our biggest, uh, biggest goal right now for 2021. Confuse YouTube's algorithm so that they push out videos like this because I feel that uh, this is the type of information that uh, you know people are asking for and this is the type of information that they should be getting uh, you know because of whatever experience that they may be going through uh, they could just be bored or they're just looking for research material or are actually having this experience so uh, thank you everyone uh, my name is Omar coming at you guys from uh, British Columbia Canada not uh, winter wonderland up here anymore but uh, you know thank you very much guys uh, much love to you all vibrate higher, be kind to each other, and, uh, you know, think positively because, uh, you know, your mentality creates your reality. So if you think uh, negative, then uh, your reality will be negative. But if you think positive, love, vibration, and uh, light and balance, then uh, then that's what uh, you will get uh, in, your, uh, in your life because we are able to program this matrix before us. Nothing is written in stone. Uh, you know, it actually kind of is, but because uh, we have infinite, um, you know, possibilities, because that's what we are, infinite possibilities, everything is open. And, uh, you know, just think positive and everything will work out. I know things are hard right now, uh, right across the world with these lockdowns and these, uh, you know, 
moving back into 1984. It's tough on people. A lot of people are broke right now. Uh, no jobs. Uh, you know, I know things are hard, but just think positive and uh, everything will work out for uh, for you guys. So with that being said, I love you all. Thank you for your support. And uh, I will uh, uh, catch you guys here on uh, on Saturday. On Saturday, I got Neil Gore and we're going to be talking about the uh, Saturn, uh, Saturn moon matrix and uh, try to figure out how uh, the frequency from Saturn and uh, is being used via our moon. So that's going to be an interesting one. And as you guys know, I have a, uh, a webinar coming up in a workshop on February the 20th with Michael Feely. Check out that link that's in the uh, comments down below or in the description of the video down below. Uh, go check that out. Uh, there's a short video there as well. And uh, that's it, guys. Hope to see you next time.